welcome to the Glow Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by founder of Paula's Choice Skincare and my first international guest, Paula Begon. There is no denying that Paula Begon is one of the most influential names in skincare. With 40 years of experience in the beauty industry, Paula truly is the doyen of beauty in the digital age. It was as early as 1995 that Paula launched her namesake company exclusively online, a time when most of us didn't have dial-up, let alone ambitions to run a company solely on the internet. I caught up with Paula during her recent press trip to Australia to delve deeper into her ethos, Truth in Beauty, how Oprah Winfrey coined her nickname The Cosmetics Cop, and how Paula made a name for herself by calling out some of the biggest beauty brands in the world. So Paula, today you are without a doubt one of the most famous names in skincare, but can you cast your mind I'd like to think, by the way, I, I don't know that I am, but I love that you think I well, am, I so thank you. I absolutely think that you are. Um, can you cast your mind back a bit to what your first memory of beauty is? Well, the the first memories are actually watching my mother sitting on the sink uh, next to her as she was just, fasti- she was a, I hate using the word vain because no woman is vain who wants to pay attention to what it means to her to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. But she was fastidious about how she applied her red lipstick and her makeup and her hair. I just sat mesmerized and but the the next was really the the part that I think was the most formative in my career was you know I got my period at the age of 11 and then the mm-hmm. next day I had acne and I have suffered oh. and struggled with acne my whole life mm-hmm. um, and those years of going to dermatologists and going to cosmetic counters and drugstores to find products that work to only end up with either my skin worse or not changed at all was just hell. Uh, thankfully, my mother let me wear makeup, and I got rather good at makeup. And I actually uh, was a makeup artist for a while and worked at department stores, where I precipitously got fired. Uh, oh, what's but, the story well, there? Well, can you you th- you know here I am. I I uh, was uh, waitressing and doing makeup. Yeah. at the same time sending myself through university mm-hmm. I was majoring in science and here I have been using millions of products seeing dozens of dermatologists for my skin and I'm uh, doing working behind the cosmetic counter and the sales training person says sell this astringent to say it closes pores and I would say well if it closed pores who would have pores <laughs> sell this product to say it gets rid of wrinkles and she looks like she's Methuselah she looks nine <laughs> years old and I'm thinking well how come you're not using it yeah. it doesn't it, it it didn't endear me to anybody in the industry and nice. that's really when I started uh just obsessively uh you know because that was your back in the days of libraries. I don't mm. know if anybody knows what a library is anymore. <laughs> I've heard of them. But those, those were the days where, you know, to do my work, you know, for 
you know, my, my classes, I also spend a lot of time looking at dermatology journals, physiology journals, mm. biology, chemistry, just to understand skin, understand what worked and what didn't. And that's really what's in a very strange path sort of became this passion to not have any woman go through what I went through mm. uh, and to make it so the cosmetics industry, you know, I mean, I say this sounds kind of grandiose, to just change what they do. Yeah. To stop making bad products, to stop lying, to stop, you know, misleading. And, you know, I, I'm a drop in the ocean, but the passion to do it for me is the ocean. And so I've just, you know, every time I thought, I don't want to do it anymore, I hate this industry, <laughs> it drives me nuts. Um, the the passion and the mission just never waned. That's mm. just been driving me on forever. You mentioned that at university you were majoring in science. In science, right. Was it that, I mean, truth in beauty has always been the ethos that kind of yes. guides the whole brand. Yes. Was it that, you know, I guess longing for honest the beauty facts. products, right. was that what sort of spurred you to right. study Once science? Once I looked at physiology, you know, mm. because I was majoring in biology. I, by the way, I never got a degree because I couldn't pass a chemistry t- class if my life depended on go. it. It was just... What? Ah, there you go. I mean, I might have become a scientist. I might have gotten a master's degree if I wasn't so stupid. I couldn't. I mean, I did really well in physiology and in uh, in anatomy. I did brilliant in biology. I just couldn't pass a chemistry class if my life depended on it. So, uh, but the 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 research to find out what was possible and what wasn't. Yeah. That's really, and to this day, I mean, the mm. thing that's so amazing, you know, I wrote my first book in 1984. Yes. It was 50 pages. Can you mm-hmm. imagine 50 pages? And that, that's what got me on the Oprah Winfrey show. And at the time when I wrote it, I thought, ah, I've said it all. That's it. I'm done. Nothing more Nothing to more say. Nothing more to say. <laughs> but the research about skin just... And just science in general, Mm. just regardless of the field of science, is just enormous. What was maybe a thousand journals back in the day, there's tens of thousands of journals on such nuanced areas of science. And uh, that change in what was going on in the world of skincare, dermatology, physiology, our understanding, this, it just, so 21 books later, and then we launched 21. Yeah, 21 books. One of them was 1,400 pages. They just got bigger because the industry got bigger and the research got more Mm. complicated and the ingredients got more complicated. Uh, and then that eventually turned into, and still is, uh, is Beautypedia. So I have these yes. two worlds. I have Paula's mm-hmm. Choice Skincare, the products I formulate. Yeah. And then what I do as an advocate to inform women about what works and what doesn't mm-hmm. is the claim a company making about a product. Does it stand a shot in hell of working? Is it worth the money? Is it a problem? So I've kept both hats uh, despite the controversy about that. You mentioned that it was 1984 that you wrote your first book. Yeah, I'm Um, I'm old. (laughs) 
before you were born, you right? You don't look it. Thank, you don't look thank it. Thank God. Must be, yeah, this, the products are obviously working. Ah. Um, you mentioned how much technology and science have changed in that time, but are there any universal truths from that era that still stand up today? Not much. It's really, really changed. Um, there are some things I supposed, meaning... Um, generally speaking, I never, uh, I never talk uh, anecdotally. Mm -hmm. I never, people always say, well, what do you think about this? And I'm an agnostic, or what do you believe in? And I'm, I'm an agnostic. I don't believe anything. I care about what the research says. And so back in the day, irritation clearly anecdotally without the research was a problem for skin i had acne acne is red you do things that make your skin redder it gets worse that was empirical i i knew that but i couldn't back it up by research Mm -hmm. and but other than that there is very little that i can think of that is universal yeah i can't actually I mean, maybe you got to clean your face, but how you clean your face, what we know about that now is very different. Yeah, there's nothing in my first Mm. books. Actually, there's nothing, I think, in my first several books that I would say still hold up under the new. The research really exploded over the past 10 years Mm -hmm. and what we know about natural ingredients, what we know about what I call designer ingredients or lab designed ingredients. And what they can do for skin and what's what are the pathways. I mean, it, skincare became rocket science. And yeah. uh, it's it's brilliant, it's complicated, it's confusing, and it's exciting and wonderful when it's done well. It is exciting. It is. It absolutely is. Am I right in saying that you also have a background in investigative journalism? Well, <laughs> along the way, uh, thinking I, you know didn't want to actually do what I'm doing right now in life. I was a reporter at Cairo Television Ah. and Cairo Radio in Seattle, Washington. The same rules sort of apply with that in that it's not about... It's about telling a, a well, story. Well, hopefully, it's truth. not. Hopefully, it's not about your opinion. I wasn't an editorialist. I was a, a reporter. I was mm. looking for. I, I mean, I did. I didn't do heavy, hard. You know, I I wasn't going to war zones, and right. I, I was doing more lifestyle pieces. But it was about. Yeah, it it mm. helped train me how to look for facts. To say, I already knew how to read studies I knew how to it's very tricky to read a research paper mm-hmm. I already knew how to do that but then how to take a whole bunch of information dissect mm. it down to come up with a direction that's absolutely what I learned from those years of uh, doing radio and television it's funny how it's a different career but the two are so inextricably actually linked. the the strange progression from uh, you know, science background, flunking out of <laughs> university, um, you know, learning how to do makeup, being a makeup artist, getting fired from cosmetic counters, becoming, mm-hmm. you know, neurotic about the research <laughs> about skin, and then working at a TV station uh, as a reporter. I, I mean, it is a strange 
mix of things that yeah, got me to this point. Trajectory. Yeah, strange. I, even I think, really? Am I? St- I'm 65, and this is uh, how did I end up? People say, how did you I end up here? And I'm sure I picked you for 65. Well, th- that's there good. we go. Even and even if you did, I would not want you to say it. So that's okay. <laughs> Now you mentioned Oprah. So it was the same year that you released the first book that you made the first of many right. appearances. And actually on Oprah. it was her first um she had just come from Baltimore mm. uh and uh started her 30 minute half hour show on WGN, right? WGN in yeah. Chicago on Sundays. Ah. And that was the so she had ju- she wasn't even Oprah yet. She yeah. just had her own 30 minute show and then as her show grew, I did it once a year for many, many years. How did um, having, I guess, that level of recognition from her, I know she wasn't as influential at the start as she is now, right. but that was an ongoing, I guess, partnership. Right. Well, what happened, uh, it's kind of funny, along the way, um, especially when she went national. So I started in 84. She uh, then went every day in Chicago mm-hmm. Then she kind of expanded to other markets, and then in the United States by '87, she was an inter, you know, she was national and actually even in some overseas markets wow. by then. And so I remember uh, uh, when I did her show, when she uh, became national and uh, sold a ton of books and bought my first house, and I called it the house that Oprah built. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it uh, it was yeah, it was wonderful having the opportunity to be on her show. And she gave you your nickname, the Cosmetics Cop, didn't she? Yeah. It, what happened is when I, when, uh, so back in the day before she was Oprah yeah. and, you know, where the guests are all in the same green room together with her and we're all just chatting up and somehow something about my book and she just casually said, you know, it really is like you're a cop. You're kind of the Cosmetics yeah. Cop, aren't you? And I thought... Whoa, that's great alliteration! Wow, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to use that. You. Oh, hearing damn. the alliteration, oh. going oh. So yeah, I've I've kept it ever since. It just really resonated with me, and it it is for, and I still think is mm-hmm. what I do. Absolutely, and I that obviously stemmed from the fact that you were calling out other brands that were claiming that their products could do one thing, and right. they weren't living up to the hype from a consumer perspective. That's really helpful. But what was the reaction from other industry people? I over the years I've got a handful of silly letters that never really went anywhere. Mm-hmm. Some threats, but mostly oh. they just ignore me. I, I I mean, there's some facet, you know, because some of it is it's it's not like I've uh, I've made it up, mm-hmm. right? It's not like I just said something libelous I yeah. you know here's my research I, I always sent the same letter here you, you, your attorney sent me your letter <laughs> or your whoever in your company here's my research here's why I said what I said mm-hmm. and you show me your research and I'll retract I'd be glad to retract I mean I'm just look if I'm wrong I'm wrong and yeah. and over the years the information has changed mm-hmm. not what I got from cosmetic companies <laughs> but in fact one of the ones I'll never forget so many years ago. Uh, so back in the day, I mean, obviously today, the standard for sunscreen is SPF 30 or greater. Yeah. But back in the day, it was SPF 15. And 
I they Chanel had an SPF eight product, and I said mm. it couldn't protect. And I didn't use the word adequately. I must have said something just carte blanche. You couldn't protect from the sun. Well, it's a basic moisturizer. And they, well, it's SPF. It, it's it did. I mean, it did say it was SPF eight, yeah. but it didn't. We still downweight products that don't match the criteria of what is considered adequate sun protection yeah. from the sunscreen. And so they wrote me and said, look, you know, and they sent me their studies. It protects to that SPF 8. Yeah. And so what I did is, and going forward, actually, it changed how I, what language I used when I criticized an mm-hmm. inadequate SPF that didn't match the global medical standards of yeah. what is sunscreen. So that's what I did. I changed it to say, yes, this is an SPF 8. It will protect an SPF 8, but the global standards of medical boards around the world is SPF 15. So it, so it's kind of funny. I mean, there's other silly stories like that along the way, but it mostly people just ignore me. I'm, I'm didn't, you know, just little me. I, I, I don't know. I wish people listened more, but they don't. Well, you said that most ignored you. Were there any brands that sort of, or even newer brands that you found have kind of lifted their game after reading your research or being called out? Or is that still something that you kind of have to... Well, there's definitely for? good... It's not that there aren't good products out there. There are good products. Um, the... the it's just it's the prevalence of kind of mediocre or not worth the money products but yeah you know one of the stories along the way of this you know 40 year career uh, is a a customer uh said to me uh wrote me a letter and said i went to the lancome counter uh with your book uh this was the days before beautypedia and uh and the uh, the salesperson said, oh, she doesn't know anything. She hates everything. She only likes her products. And the woman said, well, I'm here to buy something Paula recommends. And then the, <laughs> and then the salesperson said, oh, but she's, oh, she's so fabulous. right about, the, oh, but boy, when she knows something, she really, so it's, it's been an interesting journey. I imagine that book that they would have taken to the counter was don't go to the cosmetics counter yes. without me, aptly yeah. titled. Right. What was it about that particular book that you think resonated with so many people? Because that's, what, 1992, and that's still a book that gets talked about now. Right. Well, there there were uh, a total of nine editions of, mm. of Don't Go to the Cosmetics Counter Without Me because obviously many of the products from 92, you know, and these, I mean, that's why one of the editions was actually yeah. 1,400. I can't even imagine how, I mean, the number of, products we have on uh, Beautypedia now but Mm. um, I think that it really was when you you know it it answered the question if you're if so you just had somebody else's information in your Mm -hmm. the salesperson says something they have a vested interest the uh, the ad says something even if your friend says oh it's a wonderful product why does your friend know it's a yeah. wonderful or not a wonderful product? You know, just because a product makes you break out doesn't make it a bad product. Yeah. You just might have a reaction to it. Maybe you just got your period and you would have broke out mm-hmm. anyway. So it would be the, the somebody would have been able to look at the formula and say to you, you know, it's in jar packaging. That's a mistake. Mm. The ingredients in here won't hold up under air. And when you take yeah. the lid off, it's bad. 
These contain ingredients that can be irritating to skin. Don't use irritation is bad. Here are the reasons irritation mm. is bad and doesn't match what the research says for your particular skin type or concern or the claims they're making. So it was just somebody else's voice to give you the other picture that nobody else would tell you. Mm-hmm. And it was that book you mentioned, Beautypedia. Was it that book that kind of right that's beautypedia is just the living version of uh don't go to the cosmetics counter without me we don't write that book anymore because it literally the day and i knew this every time i published a book but the you know the the internet wasn't what it is today Mm. um and the every time a book came out because the industry and the research was Mm. changing so rapidly i knew it was out of date almost from the moment it came out so the Beautypedia, we can update like this. New research comes out, uh, something, uh, well, particularly new research, or the company changed its formula, changed its packaging, and we can update that information instantaneously. So Beautypedia is far more immediate. Mm. It's, you know, as current as we can keep it up current, and and it's much bigger and you know, eventually, what are you going to do? Buy a four thousand page book, <laughs> so uh, it's less. You know, it's obviously easier to, much easier to much. take to the cosmetic counter. And that was really the first website of its time. There weren't websites then that no. were just honest reviews. No, no. Well, and I still, um, and this is my ego speaking now. Um, <laughs> Go for the, it. <laughs> you know the the opinions and the information I see about uh, ingredients and products too often the, the, the information is still wrong yeah uh, the, the research has been misinterpreted or they've pulled out research that really has nothing to do mm-hmm. with the reality of what a product can do you're supposed to be afraid of synthetic ingredients and only natural ingredients are good and so often the the research that people use or the information they give is is really limited Mm -hmm. or they say well it worked great for my skin type but if i i never review a product based on putting it on my face i have oily acne prone skin you don't have oily acne prone skin what good does it do for you to know if I liked it it doesn't make sense to review it subjectively the the thing about Beautypedia that I'm very proud about is we're still the only website that reviews products based on formulary skin type skin concern and relevance to the research the Mm. the actual research the not the MSDS sheet the the you know the the how you handle there's a lot of uh, websites that you, the, the MSDS uh, sheet is uh, the technical sheet of when you're a manufacturing ingredient, how you're supposed to handle it, mm-hmm. uh, which they, you know, makes it sound so daunting. And, <laughs> you know, when you think about it, 100% water and you're in water, you drown and yeah. that's not good. So you can make anything sound really frightening. Mm. Um, and I see a lot of uh, websites use that information and an MSDS information is not about the reality of how an ingredient is mm-hmm. actually used salt if you ate 100% salt you I can't even imagine what yeah, would happen to your I'd body I'd rather not think about it right so it's I still see a lot of 
a, a lot of crazy information that doesn't mm. help anybody take care of their skin. Well, Beautypedia aside, the internet has kind of been something that's bolstered Paula's Choice as a brand. And there is Well, one... we're only... Well, that's... We, we are just... Yeah. We're, we're an internet. We started as an internet company. We're 90% or... Not, I forget what the... Maybe 92% mm. internet. I Just so we're... We're an internet company, not a brick and mortar company around the world. Well, the support that comes from the internet as well has been really played a big part in the brand. And there's one little subsection of the internet that is very vocal about everything you do, and that is Reddit. Do you ever feel tempted to no. jump on there anonymously and have a in look? All, in all due respect to the podcast, the people who <laughs> love me or the people who hate me, no. I um, I know I'm controversial. Uh, I I the the every i people absolutely have the right to their opinion mm. uh whether i think it's wrong or right is irrelevant um uh i know my company cares about it a lot yeah. but for me it would be a distraction it would be absolutely. a distraction from my research it would be a distraction from uh what i'm trying to do in terms of creating products and educating um uh, i you know i know a lot of people on reddit are from you know, people selling products that aren't, you know, yes. and, and, and they have the right to be upset. I've been critical of them. Of Why wouldn't they want to be critical of me? So uh, yeah, it doesn't. I feel like there's more people on there that worship you. Well, that's good. I love mm. worship. Oh my God. <laughs> that's, that, that's good to hear. I, I, I do think that, um, over the years, uh, definitely, um, people have, come to our you know who have read us know us mm. followed our research sometimes even do better than I could ever do it saying really did you guys really look at what she did mm. and what she said and what she wrote and what she formulated and so but I let my company worry about that I just do what I do you could quite easily fall down a rabbit hole. Oh God! Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, no, wasted time. Uh, no, not no, can, I am. But they can yes. spend the time. No disrespect to Reddit, in terms of my time yes. and what I'm trying to create in the better world. Better spent elsewhere. Yeah, better spent elsewhere. Now it was 1995 that you launched your namesake Paula's Choice. Yeah. Can you talk to me about the period leading up to that launch? So Paula's, when I so. I wasn't so fancy back in the day. I wasn't as successful as I am now. And one of the additions of Don't Go to the Cosmetics Counter Without Me that I had just written was 700 pages. And I wrote that all myself. Yeah. I didn't have a research team. Mm -hmm. That was just me. And I thought the last thing I wanted to do was write another book. I thought I'd rather die than write another. How long would that Mm. have taken? Two years. And each book took two years. I was updating it every two years. Um, excuse me so um I thought I I can't do this anymore this is just 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 all consuming Mm -hmm. and uh my friends and family and readers uh said you know you always say this product is good but too expensive to this to that Mm -hmm. jar packaging uh you know this product is bad don't do this don't do that this product is great but I can't find it so they said why don't you just you don't want to write any more books Mm -hmm. You know science. You work with some of the best cosmetic chemists to help you with your research. Make your own line. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started formulating Paula's Choice and came out with my first 10 products. 
Do you remember what the fir- I mean, not necessarily the whole first ten, but are there any heroes? Well, they're gone now because the, the research has changed. Has changed. So much, the, yeah. the research, I mean, just sunscreen alone. I mean, but cleanser. I mean, so much has changed. Um, the, the what was unique about Paula's choice at the time and is still relatively unique is that we pay very close attention to skin type. So I yeah. had two skin lines, one for normal toily skin and one to mm-hmm. normal to dry skin. That's still relatively unique in the industry. Yes, it is. It's, um, but as somebody with oily skin, the products mm-hmm. that were out there just made my skin feel like crap. There's yeah. no way somebody with oily, clogged pores acne prone skin should be using lotions and creams so what was unique was the group of products for normal toily skin that were very liquid and fluid and no thickeners and then the uh, normal to dry skin which were richer and more creamy and so and it was a five-step sunscreen we we knew a lot about sunscreen we just didn't know about uva Mm -hmm. so we were still mainly protecting from uvb sunburning rays not uva that changed didn't come until the later 90s yeah uh, we didn't know as much about, oh God, there was so much we didn't know about. <laughs> Those products are gone. They, yeah, they're just, a, uh, that's a great deal of what I do is update uh, and follow uh, the research. Hmm. Always follow the research. You mentioned the brand is, you know, 92, whatever percent it is online. Yes. When you launched, what, um, you know, was the catalyst behind that decision to be online rather than bricks and mortar? Because, you know, in the 90s, that was almost a foreign concept yeah no who the hell knew what a the web the internet oh my god and you know it's 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 funny um at the time it obviously where your products they're on the internet i mean you might as well have said they were on mars i mean they just it 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 had very little meaning but when i started i it i wasn't trying to be Estee Lauder or Elan. I wasn't trying to be master or mistress of the universe. I just wanted to sell my products. Mm -hmm. I loved my products at the time. They were... Still are. Well, well, not those, but the ones (laughs) back in the day could have competed with anybody out Mm. there in the industry. Um, And I didn't want to... There was no way I could control what a salesperson... You know, when you distribute to thousands of stores, how do you keep it consistent? How do you make? Yeah, how does the? How do you know what that salesperson who might have been selling shoes the week before knows yeah. about skincare? And what the internet does and does to this day is allows me to marry my products. I and the research. We're the only company where the research we use the published studies we use to make a determination about our formulas Mm -hmm. are on every product page and the information the content the articles about why we do what we do and what the facts are about what we do and we include the research there so it was the best of all worlds i could have my products and i could have the information and I could change quickly. So yes. I didn't have to worry, like, when the new information came about about UVA protection, which meant your sunscreens that only protected UVB had to go. Mm. I could change very quickly because I didn't have thousands of products that were without UVA protection. I could make a formulary change pretty damn fast. So mm. there was also the 
flexibility of being an internet retailer versus being in stores. So there were many things about being on the internet and primarily, you know, I just, I didn't need to be that I, that I turned out to be a big company still shocks me because it was, it was never the intent. It just, that's probably only a shock to you. I imagine everyone else is surprised. (laughs) I'm still surprised, but it's, it's great fun. Good. It's, it's good It's good fun. When you are conceptualizing a new product, how does that process start for you? It, it always starts with the research. Something yeah. comes up in the research with some level of technology, some... Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. Yes, we launched please. a product just recently uh, that we call a peptide booster. Yes. Uh, we have a whole range of boosters. Use it and so, love it. So, <laughs> the PR guys are nodding so, away. So let me tell you why you love it. So... What makes peptides so intriguing mm-hmm. is uh, when peptides first came out, and they've been around, peptides are natural in skin. What's yes. in skincare products are not natural. They're, la- they're lab engineered. Um, so when you take uh, peptides, and the first peptides that were invented, uh, they're still around, but they were very big molecules. Mm-hmm. When it's a big molecule, it can't get into skin. Yes. And then we'll talk about sheet masks and massaging yes, in, in, in a moment and, and why that <laughs> is just so ridiculous and such a, so not good for skin. Oh my God. But well, so the, the, the issue is, is that you can't help ingredients absorb. Mm-hmm. That is bullshit. <laughs> Sheet masks do not help ingredients absorb. Massaging the skin doesn't help ingredients yep. absorb. Rolling the skin doesn't help ingredients absorb. Lord knows piercing the skin on a regular basis is actually bad for skin for oh, different reasons. Like the, the wounding, yeah. the aerating, yeah. like lawnmower kind of yeah. things. But that's, that, that's, bad for, that's bad for different reasons. But skincare ingredients absorb based on their molecular size if it's too yeah. big it ain't going in if it's small enough it's getting in plus yeah. you don't need all ingredients to absorb you need some ingredients on the top you need some ingredients in the middle you need some ingredients to go deeper mm. that is how except for my cleansers that is how i formulate all of my products yeah. because if I leave the surface of your skin naked and unprepared to fight the environment, to fight the, the damage, the dehydration, the, uh, you know, the, it's natural antioxidant network. If I don't help the surface and then the next layers down and then the next layers down, hmm. I can't help your skin. The notion that everything has to absorb cheats the surface of your skin. So yeah. first of all, it's bad skincare. Massaging. Well, let me let, let's go back to pep. Sorry, I, I went <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole. So the 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 research about peptides is they started developing uh, these new designer peptides into small enough fragments that they actually absorbed. Mm-hmm. And now it's just so genius. Each peptide, uh, they're, they're considered uh, smart ingredients mm-hmm. because each peptide, it's a communicating ingredient, absorbs in and can tell skin, literally, stop doing something bad, like making unhealthy melanin, unhealthy yeah. brown discoloration, and start making healthy normal skin color. 
another peptide can walk can move in and tell skin to make better hydration channels to help move water in a better manner through the skin another can help build collagen and on and on and on each peptide and the ones we chose have very specific tasks Mm. that they can accomplish so when that research started coming out then we jumped in and started really delving in to what these new engineered peptides could actually do for skin because now what i would have said in the past is too big to absorb in Mm. now the research has changed and these new ones can so that's i mean there's many other examples sometimes uh, we make products that I would rather not make, but I know people are buying Same them and they're demand. popular. And I know that a lot of the ones that are out there are bad. And so if they're going to buy someone else's that is bad, they might as you well give them the, I'll give them yeah. what I know is best for skin. Yes. So I've done that in my career. Not exactly proud of it, but you know, I know that they're getting good products and they buy it from someone else hmm. anyway. You mentioned shape masks, which when I think of now that, that I been, won't make. No, that I that <laughs> I if Paula's Choice comes out with a sheet mask, you will know I am dead. You've and, been kidnapped. I've been or, someone or else's. Yeah, six feet under. I'm not around That's anymore. How we know. <laughs> That's how you know. Yes, if they come out with a sheet mask, they would love for me to make a sheet mask. That's I, one it's of not the, happening. <laughs> That's one of the first thing that comes to mind in things that you've been quite vocal about. The one of the big things that I've learnt from reading your research and your work is about um, jar packaging, um, fragrance, a lot about irritation. Um, can you maybe just touch on some of those big myths that other brands keep well, pumping out? The thing about sheet masks is, um, it, for the most part, it's not that sheet masks in of themselves are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just a ridiculous waste of time and the claims around them are just bullshit they're just not true Mm -hmm. there is nothing a sheet mask can do that a well formulated well first of all not all sheet masks are well formulated but let's assume we're talking about the well formulated ones that actually have good ingredients there's no research anywhere showing that a sheet mask can do anything different or better or even as good as a well-formulated skincare product yeah they do not help ingredients absorb better because of what i just said yes you can't change the molecular size of an ingredient with a sheet mask yeah and i it is bad skincare to have everything absorb into skin some mm-hmm. like i said everything something's on the surface something a, yeah right. a place for everything but the other thing it's just a place. waste of time yeah so so this <laughs> what i typically say is you know we barely have time in life to brush our teeth and floss <laughs> and get dinner on the table get the kids dressed i mean we just you know we we i mean our lives are just crammed and then what are we doing in the bathroom for no reason that helps skin and sitting Mm. with a sheet mask on for 10 to 20 minutes you know and your beautiful sexy good looking man or woman is waiting for you in bed and you're (laughs) going and he's going darling where are you and you're going wait give me 15 more minutes i gotta get this sheet i'm I'm masking (laughs) and then by the time you get to bed after wasting all this time for no good skincare reason and by the time you get to bed he's asleep and i promise you he's not waking up (laughs) no way in hell 
it is a time suck for no skincare benefit. If it had a skincare benefit, I would say it's a waste of time, but okay, go for it. There, it just isn't true. Yeah. And then the thing about massaging is that, again, it doesn't help anything absorb because yeah. it doesn't change the molecular structure of the ingredient. And again, not everything needs to absorb. Mm-hmm. But the worst thing about massage if you see your skin move, you are stretching it and causing it to sag. Yeah. You see skin move up or down, and I've seen those videos, you know, showing you how to, if you massage up, the elastin mm-hmm. in your skin is the rubber band system in your skin. Yeah. And whether you pull a rubber band from the top or the bottom, it Still stretches. Pulling. Yeah. What happens after you do? You pull a rubber band repeatedly. Bent out of shape. Stretches out. And then eventually, if you keep pulling enough, it (laughs) breaks. And that's exactly what happens to elastin when you constantly are pulling Mm. and pushing and tugging at the face. So not only doesn't it help the products get in because, again, the ingredients absorb based on their molecular size, Mm. it actually is damaging to skin. And the hardest element to repair in skin is elastin yeah the hardest and actually almost impossible to repair Mm -hmm. i i hate that part i'm well there's a lot of parts of skincare i hate but that (laughs) massaging phenomenon that the east has given to the west is just ridiculous that's why i hate fluffy facials in a salon if they're putting a bloody gold leaf and moving things around so this is a podcast so you can't see the face i'm making (laughs) yeah get your body massaged and leave your face alone the the thing when a facial is doing extractions yeah unless although personally i think it's easier for you to do that yourself that that's fine if you're doing uh if you're going to a dermatologist and once a year you're getting an ipl or you're getting some kind of laser fillers botox whatever you're doing those are fine that's Mm. great those actually really do something but a gold leaf mask get a massage touch me from the neck down leave my face (laughs) leave my face alone i think a lot of that as well comes from social media and i think with with blogging and all of that, there is a lot of, as we were talking um, about before, there's a lot of opinion, but not necessarily a lot, a lot of, of fact. research. Actually, what's interesting about um, the the myth around these spa treatments and a lot of skincare products is that uh, you can detox skin, mm-hmm. right? If you go put yourself through all these uh, stuff, your skin will, the toxins, the pollution Purge, in the air will get yeah. just, yeah. So doesn't work that way skin is not doesn't egest anything Mm -hmm. it doesn't have a digestive system it can't purge anything yeah the part of the body that well hopefully i mean some things it it can't excrete but the part of the body that gets rid of toxins is your liver yeah the skin is not a detoxing organ Mm -hmm. it it's so it's it's nonsense it's 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 physiologically silly yeah. um, to think that your skin can detox. It, it, and, and even if it could, I haven't seen any research showing that getting the toxins out, well, let's see, how do I say this? Even if it was true, it's not true. But even if you could get the toxins out, they're going to get right back in. It's not like they're not out there. Yes. You know, the, the, the thing that we have to 
worry about with pollution that is so insidious is we think pollution is up there and out yeah. there. Turns out pollution is down here. It's called tropo. <laughs> Am I going to get this right? Tropo ozone, uh-huh. stratospheric ozone, and then there's tropo ozone. And the tropo ozone is what happens when pollutants from cars and industry congregate and get oxidized and become heavy, and they're actually ground level. Mm-hmm. That's act, and it's kind of like cigarette smoke. It's really more Gosh. up close and personal than we think. So, in many ways, the notion that well, if we detox, it's gone. It's it's an ongoing process, and what you're actually doing is hoping your healthy diet, your anti-inflammatory diet, and your liver by not drinking too much yeah. is operating optimally. And then what you do for your skin is really help rebuild and re-strengthen it and that that's a whole discussion about how you do that but it is mm-hmm. the fundamental way we look at skincare in terms of strengthening the skin and feeding the skin the skin is hungry for antioxidants it can't make anymore mm-hmm. because of age mostly sun damage and to help restructure it to make it strong yeah so the pollution doesn't get in in the first place and also to interrupt the free radical damage it causes so there's many prong approaches to deal with the damage from uh, the sun damage from uh, pollution Mm -hmm. but it isn't about somehow detoxing the skin it's just a waste it doesn't help skin in the least We've talked a bit about how skincare and beauty as an industry has changed in the last 34-odd years, but what do you think we can expect to see change in the next few years? Oh, God. <laughs> I have no Into p- your skincare crystal ball. You know, I, I, I'm not the, I don't know. I mean, I know, <laughs> I know what I see people working on, whether or not it will come to fruition is... Mm. Uh, I mean, if you had asked me five years ago, would uh, you know, would the research about peptides have come to light? Right. I, I would. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I know they were working on it, but would it have worked? Some of the research, uh, niacinamide, uh, yes. azelaic acid. We have two boosters with ten percent. One with ten percent niacinamide, another with ten percent azelaic acid. Mm-hmm. Now, those ingredients, much like retinol, and we have one percent retinol. Uh, two actually 1% retinol products. Uh, the research about those ingredients are actually decades old. Mm-hmm. But what we originally knew about them and what we now know, let's take niacinamide because yeah. I'm a niacinamide junkie because I actually can't use retinol. Niacinamide was well known for years and years about uh, re improving pore size. Mm-hmm. New research now has shown that it also has anti aging, hydrating. And even um, something called cell communication, it actually can tell cells to make better cells, much like retinol. So azelaic acid is the same way. Azelaic acid was had some okay research about acne had some okay research about exfoliation, nothing in comparison to BHA and benzyl peroxide. But then recent research Mm -hmm. has shown it is incredibly anti-inflammatory, which is great for rosacea and the Uh redness and hyper, you know, the after pigment marks from acne. And it has skin lightening properties. So some Uh of it is that it was good before, azelaic acid actually was okay before. 
But now, so sometimes it's brand new research like peptides. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it's in new developing research about the same ingredients. Ceramides is another one. Mm -hmm. Ceramides uh, make up 50% of skin. When you give skin ceramides, it's one of the many ways to help strengthen the surface of skin, to rebuild it and make it strong against the environment and keep hydration in. But ceramides also now seem to have what we call smart capacity. Mm -hmm. So it knows how to not only give your skin ceramides, make ceramides, and we also included uh, an ingredient which is a precursor of ceramides to actually help your skin know where to make ceramides. It's so... Yeah, so a lot of it comes from the, I mean, I, I know I'm geeking out. No, I love the, these. The, the oh. research about uh, skincare for new ingredients like mm. peptides and then ingredients that have been around for a long time, but it's like, wait, you got to pay more attention. They're not just basic yeah. ingredients anymore. They're actually really brilliant and incredible for what they can do for skin. Jumping over to, I guess, the business side of things. It was yes. in 2016, I believe, that you welcomed a new CEO, Tara yes. Posley. Yes. You're still personally at the helm of the content, research and development, that sort of side yes. of things. Yes. I, well, actually, I haven't been in charge of the business side of the business. Uh, we we've, we had a CEO before. This yeah. is a, a new CEO. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I haven't done the... I wouldn't hire me to be a CEO. I'm a bad CEO. Uh, but yes, I, for many years now, that has been, I do head up content, product development, mm-hmm. um, pretty much marketing. We're always double checking that whatever yeah. marketing is saying is still truth and beauty. Something slipped through that we got to, <laughs> I don't know how that happens, but we're working on that not happening anymore. Uh, so uh, yes, but now uh, I would say 80% of the executives at Paula's Choice are female. Well, this is the thing I think from an outside perspective, beauty seems to be a really female-dominated industry, but in reality it's not. You're one of the few companies that does have women. The executives tend to be blokes, right? Yeah. And the support team tends to be women. But yeah. at, at Paula's Choice, we're primarily uh, the executives are female. Yeah. Yeah. What would your advice be to any women that are trying to, you know, make it in business? Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, business is a, it's an interesting world, corporation, and the world of, of corporate jobs and what you choose to do for a living. And I, I think that the the major thing is to find a passion Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be a highfalutin passion but it has to be something you want to make a change in and then go for the change it might not work but there's a lot of jobs out there be respectful of yourself and be respectful of others and empower yourself do not walk into a business meeting with your Girls, do you call them girls hanging out? I, in the United <laughs> States, we call them the girls. You know, with cleavage hanging out. Yeah. You, uh, you. The second you walk into a meeting, a serious meeting, where you want to be taken seriously and your skirt is short and your blouse is tight and it's cut down low, 
if a if a guy walked in with a too tight shirt and his pants too tight with his yeah. dick looking do you guys call it a dick? Yep. Penis? I don't know what you... They're slaying oh, they're, they're so, I know. <laughs> you Aussies have slang. I really can't even be... You, you know, the states, we can't even begin to compete with your slang. You know, if a guy walked into a meeting looking like that, who would take them seriously? Mm. And then women disempower themselves to be taken seriously all the time. So take yourself seriously and other people will listen and find your passion even if you think, even if you're working for a plumbing company, mm-hmm. you can make a difference in the world when you bring your passion, when you bring your estrogen to the table. At our meetings, we, I always we get very emotional. I mean, we're women. I mean, it's mostly girls. Yeah. So uh, when women tend to, in meetings, especially when they're guys around and they get emotional, mm-hmm. they often uh, apologize for getting emotional and. What I always say is, first of all, if somebody hasn't gotten emotional and cried in a meeting, it hasn't been a really good meeting, but the men should be apologizing for not being passionate and emotional and crying once in a while, that that passion and that dedication and that caring is something women need to always bring to the table, no matter what they're doing. So Mm. I have all I've worked for myself for 40 years so it's hard for me to talk about what it would be like working for somebody else mm-hmm. but I do know that in the world of business being empowered for a woman is always about your passion it is always about self self-respect and confidence mm-hmm. and you're not going to a nightclub you're looking yes. to be taken seriously mm-hmm. and to bring your energy and your knowledge and your wanting to repair the world in any position you're in yeah and that can go a long way to have a beautiful career i think that's really sound advice well finally paula yes what can we expect to say next from paula's choice well i want to take a nap so (laughs) I, i need to so um so what what we've been what we just launched and what we're going to expand on uh, is uh, uh, I created believe it or not I can't even believe I'm going to say this an all skin types line. Wow. Um, so Wonders it's my strong this. yeah really I'm <laughs> even a bit surprised it took a while to work on it. Now somebody with very oily skin won't love it and somebody with very dry skin won't mm-hmm. love it. But for that person that young person who doesn't think of themselves as having oily skin or dry skin and needs to get started to protect their skin from the environment to, I mean, I wouldn't create a line that didn't have a sunscreen SPF 30 or greater, um, loaded with antioxidants, loaded with all the ingredients I've just been talking about, gentle cleansing, irritation is bad in any form. Just to, if if somebody could have given me my new defense line when I was young and I would have needed, I have acne, so I would have also needed anti-acne products with it. Mm -hmm. But if somebody had given that to me when I was young, I would have saved myself a lot of hell. Mm -hmm. And so this is my way of creating light enough products for that woman who just has skin, hasn't damaged it yet. Mm -hmm. So it's not fallen apart and to keep it from falling apart when Mm -hmm. she uses it dedicatedly. Um, So I I would like to expand that group of products a little bit, Mm -hmm. uh, just add a couple of more tweaks for special concerns. But that's, uh, 
yeah, that's been my, yeah, that, I just love my new defense line. And then probably the most shocking thing I've created is the unscrub. Mm-hmm. Um, all I love my peptide and azelaic acid booster, but separate from that. So people have thought, well, Paula hates scrubs. I don't hate scrubs. I hate bad scrubs. I yes. hate harsh cleansers. I hate... I, I, you know, the, the brushes that are not, don't, aren't soft heads oh, that just rip, that rip its skin. Mm. But I've been using a soft washcloth. I mean, when you're wearing a sunscreen, which you should be wearing sunscreen. Every single day. And I wear pure mineral sunscreen, which is even a bit trickier to get off mm-hmm. and foundation. You need either a double cleansing method or an extra cleansing method. And sometimes a little bit of that, like my using a soft washcloth. A lot of women like scrubs. This is a scrub where the bead actually breaks down. Ah. It's soft. It does take. It does have some amount of extra cleansing, but then the bead breaks down, so you can't overdo it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I launched a scrub called the Unscrub. <laughs> so uh, for that, especially for a double cleansing method, when you're wearing as much makeup or a heavy uh, sunscreen to really be sure you get it all off. It will help unclog mm-hmm. pores. It's not meant for exfoliation. It is an, it is doesn't replace AHAs or BHAs. Yep. It is an extra cleansing step. And uh, you can use a soft washcloth like I do. You can use the Clarisonic with the cashmere head, not the other heads. Yep. Um, and then you can also consider uh, my unscrub as that extra cleansing to get sunscreen and makeup off at night. That was Paula Bagon, who you can find on Instagram at Paula's Choice, at Paula's Choice AU, or via her website, paulaschoice.com. To read my interview with Paula, you can visit glowjournal.com. And for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at gemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty lovers can find us and join the Glow Journal family. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me.